When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Auburn Live podcast, your home for bold, insightful, and honest conversations around Auburn athletics. Where you go? Hey, how about you, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of the Auburn Live Recruiting Show. I am your host, Jeffrey Lee, Senior Recruiting Editor for Auburn Live on 3. If you're not a member of that site, I don't know what's wrong with you, but something is definitely wrong with you. There's a free for a week, and there's no better time to do it than today. Auburn Live on three. Get signed up. First week is free. So, big week, big weekend. And to talk about it with me, as always, on the Auburn Live Recruiting Show, Mr. Jay Head and Mr. Cole Pinkston. How you doing, Mr. Cole Pinkston? Uh, you know, just caught up on a little sleep last night. Um, hey, I'm not holding back today. I've, I've learned a lot on the road, okay? We're going we're gonna to try to dive into that. That's right. Cole has been busy on the road, burning those miles because I guess uh, gas prices have fallen. They're only about seven dollars uh, a half a gallon. It still ah. hurts. It still hurts. It still hurts. And, and joining us here at the bottom here is Mr. J. Head. Mr. J. Head, how you doing? I am excited to be here, guys. Massive game. You see Cole empty that notebook today. Mm. Burned on the road. On the guest list. Let's talk implications from what this game could mean. You know what I mean? As far as recruiting is concerned in the national landscape, just lots to talk about, fellas. Before we do, let's hit it over to Miss Jessica Andrews. If you're looking for a home, a house, an investment property in Auburn, Opelika, and Lee County, give Jessica Andrews a call with EXP Realty 334-704-4442. She's really good, and not just because I say she is. If you don't believe me, go to Willow. Uh, what is it called? Zillow. Go to Zillow and search Jessica Andrews. Read what other people are saying about her. She is fantastic. Give her a call, 334-704-4442, and tell her we sent you. Whew. All right. Penn State is about – we're recording this Friday morning. It should be out fairly soon thereafter, and about 24 hours before game time. Before toe meets leather, as Tommy Tuberville used to say. Mm-hmm. Mm. But before we get to Saturday, we've had a lot to unpack from this week. We've had a decommitment. We've had a commitment. Yes. We're going to have coaches on the road tonight. So let's 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 get caught up. Cole was on the road. Cole went to well. First, Auburn lost a commitment from four-star wide receiver Carmelo English on Wednesday. The number one wide receiver in Alabama. A day later, Auburn got a commitment from Adam Hopkins and the number one wide receiver in Georgia. So kind of, a, <clears throat> I, I, I described it as you got, got cut on Wednesday and put the Band-Aid on it on Thursday. Yes. Cole, you went to Adam Hopkins. He was on an official visit last weekend. This was really not a big surprise. We all kind of saw it coming. Well, tell us about uh, – your adventure to where the hell uh, Thomas County, Thomas County Central, uh, yeah, Thomasville, Georgia. Um, never been down that way before. Didn't realize how close it was to Florida, to the Florida line. 
Oh yeah. And uh, man, you know Adam Hopkins is is a very very personable guy, and, and I wasn't necessarily expecting that. If I'm being honest, I you know just because I've been to a lot of recruits schools, and some are personal, some are not, and it's not it's not wrong either way. Some just don't talk as much. Well, Adam Hopkins had a lot to say. He gave me a place to go eat lunch. He's like, hey, man, you need to go try this place. His dad was nice. Mom was nice. Talked to the head coach. Uh, made some connections with him. He's actually from Greenville, Alabama, originally. Um, made his way over there. They got a like a powerhouse program over there, so – you know, uh, I, I thought Adam Hopkins committing to Auburn was important. I thought it was uh, really good to follow that with the Carmelo English decommitment that nobody saw coming. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I don't think Auburn saw it coming, quite frankly. So that was important. Um, a lot of people have asked me, who do you like better between Carmelo English and Adam Hopkins? I would give uh, English just a slight nod right now just because I think he's a little bit better in the open field. But I like Hopkins' speed, and, and if you're looking for speed, that's, that's one of the first places you go to is Hopkins because he's definitely got it. And he's a little bit smaller right now, uh, but he's, he's got the frame to add a little bit more weight. So he's, I think he's going to be a pretty good player. Stuff, Cole. Hey, moving on, we've got uh, today's Friday. So that was Wednesday was Carmelo English. Thursday was Adam Hopkins. Friday, Auburn will be on the road, but only a couple of guys. Brian mm-hmm. Harson, Jimmy Brumbaugh going to see uh, – Five-star Quay Russo, five-star James Smith up in Montgomery. I don't know who they're playing. I don't think they're very good, the competition is. But most of the coaches, if not all, except for Brumbaugh and Harson, I was told are going to stay in with the position groups tonight at the hotel, make final preparations for this game because, as we know, this is a huge game. Uh, but Harson and Brumbaugh, I believe – I know Harson's going to see Quay Russo and James Smith, and then both of those guys will be back for the second time this season for Penn State. Huge weekend. Jed, you were talking about before we went live the implications of this game and how it could really, really move the needle for Auburn in recruiting. Jeffrey, this is a massive game. And look, the coaches have kind of set it up to be this way. The fan base in and of itself right now is just rabid for some version of success, okay? They need it. They want it recruits can feel that okay we're on the precipice of either you mean of explosion or maybe things going a little bit more downward so the way this stage has been set um is absolutely massive and look i typically agree with everything keith says okay i i I seldom ever debate you know a point that he makes but one of the things i heard on inside the 20 this past week is look it's not disaster if Auburn loses this game, but it's tight. I don't think it's disaster, but I think a win, because of what it would mean for the stability of the program, we're, you know I mean, right now we're on the ascension, or we're, on, we're on an ascending program. We're not a national brand right now, okay? And the way I term national brand is, you're one of five schools that can walk into any kid's high school and you're immediately their number one or two school. You know what I mean? Right. The you offer. Yeah, you offer your number one or two, Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, and then depending on what side of the coast you're on, Notre Dame or USC. Those programs are national brands. So what do you have to do when you're in that ascending program to beat these places out, two of which we recruit against every year? You play every year. you got to out-relationship. you got to out-evaluate. You have to capitalize on momentum. 
this is a massive momentum game for us, specifically with who you've got on campus. And we're sending – look, when you put the head coach on the road the night before a game of this magnitude to go see probably your two top targets on the board, what do you think that says to them? It says you're wanted in this class, you're needed in this class. We're going to show you tomorrow what Auburn can be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I said on the podcast, I, I had come around to the point where <clears throat> I agreed with Keith, but then I uh, started looking at it, man. I, I know Auburn's problems since the spring has been the lack of stability in this coaching staff. Yes. I, I really feel like <clears throat> a win is needed. Although uh, it, it's not absolutely necessary, but, man, uh, it, it almost is. It, Jeffrey, it is. It, it, you know, I, I get what he's saying. Like, if the, if the pageantry and the environment and everything is great and it's a good game and we're showing progress, I think to recruits, okay, you're signaling some things there. But if you look at the actual perception of the program and what this would mean as far as us beating a ranked opponent with the name or the brand of Penn State, who we battled with several recruits for. Several commitments will be there. Several commitments will be there. What that means for us in our place. Because, look, let's, let's kind of look at the schedule as it plays out. If you get Penn State and then, you know, you take down Missouri and then you got another big one against LSU and you start off 5-0. and Well, now you got to go on the road to Athens, and we all know that's, that's going to be really hard. And then you got to go on the road to Oxford the week after. If you're 5-2 and two or 6-1 and one going into a bye week versus 4-3, and three, it's a major difference as far as what the perception of Brian Harson in this program. I mean, it's, it just really is. I, I look at it as two different things. You've got atmosphere, environment, Saturday night that is going to sell Auburn. It's going yes. to sell Auburn. But the, the win-loss, the scoreboard is going to sell the stability of this coaching staff. Well put. And yeah, Auburn, Auburn needs both. Yes. If February, if, if February doesn't happen, you're not fighting the stability issue as much. But it did, and now, we, we, now we're here. And the coaching staff knows what they're up against. I mean, this isn't a secret to them. They know they need this game. They've set the, chip, they've set the dominoes up to capitalize on it, and now you just got to execute. Right. There is, there, I, think I, I think I have more than 30 elite uh, four-star, five-star recruits, and they're probably going to be closer to 40 by the time we get who all else is coming that we don't know about. And there's cer- certainly going to be several guys that we don't know about. We'll get to the large group of unofficial visitors in a minute. Let's take a look at the four official visitors that we know are coming. Three committed guys, Wilkie Denod, Dequavius Sori, Terrence Love, all committed to Auburn. I think as far as official visitors goes, we're going to be looking at Janoris Wilson, the big offensive tackle from Lakeland, Florida. Huge visit for him. Huge visit for Auburn. Auburn needs – uh, all they have right now is a center in Braden Joyner. Got to have a guy with the versatility of Janoris Wilson, who Auburn has really prioritized. I would say, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are guys that they would take right now over him if given the opportunity. But sure. as far as having a legit chance at a kid, he might be the highest priority on the board as it stands today with a legit chance. Cole, you're an offensive line guy. I am. You like Janoris Wilson? You know what? I do. And and my opinion on offensive line can sometimes be good, but I'll tell you an Auburn opinion on Janoris Wilson because I, I learned that this week. Uh, 
DJ Chester's probably one of the highest guys on the board as far as ability. I think they consider Wilson maybe just the slightest step under him as far as a swing guy. So, first of all, these swing guys, the guys that can play multiple positions, are already higher just because they can play all these positions. Well, Janoris Wilson and DJ Chester are your two guys like that. There are others, but those are the two main guys that you can go, okay, he can really fit just about anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's why he is just shot up the board. He knows it. Janoris Wilson knows this. He knows that he's shot up the board. They're, they tell him that. You know, the recruiting pitch to him has been good, I think. And he's, he's going to – I think he's going to end up at Auburn. I don't know when. Um, maybe this weekend or sometime soon after this weekend, it seems that's possible. Uh, but Auburn loves him. He loves Auburn, and it just seems like a really good fit there. Chad Simmons just had a story in a, an update on Janoris. I believe it was on Wednesday. I believe it was on Wednesday. He's down to Auburn, Georgia Tech, Missouri, North Carolina. He hopes that he hopes to make a decision later this month, so in the next two weeks, right? And he's told yep. Keith, I think it was two weeks ago, that Auburn had a huge lead. So mm-hmm. Auburn's definitely – could capitalize this weekend with a huge environment, a huge win, and basically put them over the top. We've seen guys come into official visits this past couple of months with Auburn at the top, and and basically an official visit just sealed it. Definitely would be beneficial to get Janoris Wilson on board and help with this offensive line recruiting that all the recruiting fans, especially the subscribers on our site, they want offensive linemen. And Janoris Wilson could help bridge that gap between now and whoever the next one is. I couldn't agree more, Jeffrey. And look, line of scrimmage recruiting is always big in any class. But in this class in particular, it's massive, particularly across the offensive line. But then, you know, taking a guy like Jamarian Harkless, who was on campus last week, and what that would mean for Jimmy Brumbaugh to get him in the class and then Will Friend to get Janoris Wilson in the class directly thereafter and how – what the, the overall program is for, from a recruiting standpoint, like covering your base needs in a class. It, you know, the dominoes are there. It, I said it before, now we just got to knock them down, and, and those are two guys that I know we want and could really use in this class. So you got – in the offensive line group coming in, we'll, <clears throat> working down to the unofficial visitors with Janoris Wilson being the only uncommitted guy coming in for an official visit, looking at the uncommitted official visitors. Not, I, I don't mean uncommitted – I mean, committed to other schools or not committed to Auburn, not Auburn right now. And all yeah, the guys right. coming in, DJ Chester, Cole mentioned him. He's coming in for another unofficial visit. Bo Hughley, a Georgia commitment, is coming in for another unofficial visit. So is Kelton Smith from Columbus, who's committed to Georgia, unofficial visit. Then you've got newly offered Paul Mubinga from Buford, Georgia, who's committed to LSU, coming in for an official visit. Those are the offensive line guys that we know about, Right. Then you've got the defensive line, Quay Russo, five-star. James Smith, five-star, five-star. Darren Reed, five, uh, four-star LSU commitment. Uh, there was somebody else, Josh Horton. Yeah, North, Josh Carolina, Horton. North Carolina commitment coming with both. So a huge group of big uglies coming in for this game. And, again, those are just the guys we know. Derek Hunter is also coming in, the JUCO defensive lineman. He's coming in for a bit, uh, for an unofficial visit. So a big group of 2024, big uglies. And let's see, we've got some uh, – Jelani Thurman, Ohio State's coming in for a visit. Dakari yeah. Nelson, Penn State, defensive back commitment from Selma's coming in. Colton Hood, uh, Michigan State commitment 
coming in. Marsilius Pulliam, big yep. linebacker target. Tyler Scott, who we think could be right behind Janoris Wilson and right in the same category as Janoris Wilson when it comes to making a commitment. So yep. a lot of guys in that 2023 class, huge, huge, impressive group of visitors. And then, hell, the 2024 list is about as good as you're going to get. <clears throat> I'm not going to go go over – I'll go over some of the main ones. But, you know, Posse and Lane, Auburn's two commitments coming in. Miles Graham, the four-star stud linebacker from Woodward, is coming in. He's committed to Florida. Kavion Henderson, the four-star edge, is coming back after visiting this past weekend. Hey, a new guy that I added today was Fletcher Westfall, big Ooh. four-star offensive tackle from Virginia coming down. And, yep. and, and and here's you know for Sterling Dixon, Jamari and Burnett, Caden Jones, Ricardo Jones, Tyshawn White, Wendell Gregory, Malcolm. I mean, there's just Air Nolan, Dwight Phillips, yeah, so, yeah. the boys from, yep. from from Pebblebrook. So and a Jay lot of Henderson. It's just a big one. Just just studs all across the board in that 2024 class. When you're talking about stability, a win for the stability, probably no wouldn't. Uh, can't help anything, anything more than that 2024 class. But you know what I was looking at? You know, people are um, – they're on the Shane Beamer, like, train right now. I, I, I guess he's got South Carolina recruiting, recruiting fairly well. And Grayson Pup Howard is a, is a stud linebacker who's committed to South Carolina. He's going to South Carolina. But I looked at South Carolina. They've got the number one – should be number one team, Jay Head, uh, in Georgia. I, I I agree. Okay. All right. Coming to town, they got Georgia, the number one team. Imagine, well, we we saw, saw it last year. Look at the Georgia visitor list last year. Look at the Alabama visitor list last year. Studs all across the board. South Carolina's got Georgia coming to town this weekend in the marquee matchup, right, in the SEC. Yes. The visitor list. Go look at South Carolina's visitor list. Dude. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. Their visitor list for Georgia looks like Auburn's visitor list for Mercer yep. or San Jose State. Yep. That's the difference when people talk about South Carolina and Auburn. It's not. It's not close. You're drawing all these kids from Georgia. Alabama's the state of the states to the west. South Carolina, the state to the east of Georgia. All these kids are going west, my friend. Yep. So. Um, I, I thought that I was looking at South Carolina's list last night, and I thought it just shows you the potential of what Auburn can be. Right. You know what I mean? Which is, you know, we're the history of Auburn, the players that we've put in the NFL, the championships that we've played for. I'm not trying to knock Shane Beamer. I think he's probably a pretty good football coach. Um, not my taste, but good football coach. But that South Carolina program and its pedigree pales in comparison to what Auburn can be. And that guest list shows you the belief in what Auburn can be. Now we've just got to be able to, to, to capitalize on it. Two guys on that list that uh, Auburn would love to have visiting, only two. It was Grayson Pup Howard, four-star yep. linebacker from Jacksonville, Florida, and Jontavius Shivers. And I could make an argument that <sighs> – I mean, he's committed to South Carolina, so we expected him to go. But those are the two guys that Auburn's continuing to recruit, even though they're committed to South Carolina. Those two guys were the only two on that list that I thought, oh, Auburn sure would have liked to have them two on campus. Well, and I, I don't think, think, and I don't think Auburn made a big, huge push. Cole, correct me if I'm wrong here on, on Shivers. No, I don't think they have at this point. 
I'm not saying they won't, but they, they don't seem to have really once he kind of left Big Cat and committed, it was like, okay, well, we'll get back to you. Yeah. Um but uh I can hear the argument now, Jeffrey, just and just playing devil's advocate here to what you're saying. Uh, you know, well, how, why are they getting commitments? Why are they getting some guys that Auburn can't get right now if that's the case? Well, they got to hold on to them, man. Uh, they're, they're being forced, uh, their hand is being forced on a lot of these guys because everybody's coming after them. And, and, you know, if they finish with these guys, okay, color me impressed. If they, if they can hold on to the ones they got, to, to Howard, to Shivers, to whoever else they got that's pretty good, I will be impressed. As of right now, they're on the chopping block, if you ask me, because everybody's after them, and, and that includes Auburn. And, and you got to finish with these guys. And I think Auburn, if anything, you could say that they, besides the last signing day, they finished pretty well with guys like J.D. Rim and, and some of these guys, Robert Woodyard, that they added at the end for recruiting's sake. Whether these guys are going to be good at Auburn or not, you know, <laughs> perception says who cares about that if they're four stars. Hey, let's, that's, what it, that's what it's about. We want to get those. I don't agree with that, but that's how it is, right? So uh, I think they finished okay in December. Can South Carolina do that? That's the question now for me moving forward. Yeah, the, the argument of substance versus substance versus hype, right? Yeah. Because what Auburn puts on the field this fall will dictate how this class plays itself out. Mm-hmm. You can hype South Carolina all you want, but if they end up seven and five or six and six, which is where I've got them slated, hanging yeah. on to a guy like Grayson Pup Howard, it's going to become increasingly more difficult. Yeah, because he's getting phone calls every single day from other places going, all right, look, South Carolina don't scare me. Right. They don't scare me. I'm, and- I'm going to try to get you from there because they don't scare me on the recruiting trail. 100%. They got to prove they got to prove that they can be scary and finish with these guys. Right, and I don't want to turn this into us just yeah. you know bad-mouthing South Carolina. It's just, you know, I think that a lot of people right now, particularly Auburn fans that follow recruiting are kind of saying why has not Auburn had this level of success? Well, I'd say there's two things. One, they've pushed for commitments for guys that we didn't plan on taking earlier. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, it, that like Jay Lee said, I think they've only got commitments from two guys or maybe even three that we've even offered. Uh, Jada. Jada would be number three. Jada would be number three. Yeah. So if that's what you're looking at, if the substance of what Auburn puts on the field, if we get those eight, nine wins like we've talked about that would be crucial for this program moving forward to kind of get us out of this rut of, you know, perceived stability, guys, just – just let the season play itself out. I think you're going to be impressed should those things kind of come into play. Right. Looking ahead in the next two weeks, talking about building uh, building this class, we, we talked about Jamari Harkless, who left last week. Auburn's going to be tough to beat for him. He even said it. He's going to be announcing in the next couple of weeks. I've got a prediction in for Auburn. I think Cole went and saw Tyler Scott, maybe even saw Colton Hood, too. Um, uh, I, I did last week. It was like, or two weeks ago. I yeah. saw Chester and Hood, but I there saw Scott that that day. I saw Scott. I saw Scott again. Uh, Tuesday? No, it was Wednesday. Yes, Wednesday. Wednesday. So I've seen him twice, and uh, I can I can say with confidence that number one, Auburn is at the top. Number two, if they want him, they can have him. I'll leave it at that. And and I think they do. I think they do. Yeah, I agree. 
big uh, big visit there. I, Eagles Landing, uh, no. Pebblebrook. Tyler's at Pebblebrook. Oh, who's Eagles it? Went, uh, Colton. Colton and, That's and right. TJ. Yeah. Well, we will be tracking all of the recruits. Colton and I will be there well before game time, keeping up with who's showing up. Who's oh, not? By the way, Colton Hood has a little brother running back, 2024 running back. Got some offers from Michigan State, I think, Boston College. He'll be there with them, too, I believe. Okay. Okay. Hey, one uh, scratch. Well, we ha- we've had two scratches. Jaden Osbury will mm-hmm. not be coming. And uh, Rockwes McElderry. Keep his family in, in your T's and P's, man. Um, he really wanted to come. He was the one who actually initiated with me, like, man, I'm, I will be there. I was like, all right, big dog. So he was excited to come, but he will not be able to, and it has nothing to do with football, mm. nothing to do with recruiting. And he will be back. He will be back um, at least once, maybe twice. So McElderry is a scratch, and Jaden Osbury, who is uh, – I think his grandparents are coming in, and I, I, I don't think his is football-related either. So those two were scratches. Uh, Kai Preem was a scratch. Yes. Um, from the official visitor list, he was kind of waffling, waffling back and forth earlier this week. But he went to LSU last weekend, and it looked like uh, LSU would rather him stay at home. And yep. so that yep. that was more football related, from from what I'm told. So those three guys scratches, and, and you, you scratch three four stars: an LSU commit, an Alabama commit, and who was the other? A Notre Dame commit. You scratch those three guys off your list, and you still got the list that we're looking at now. Mm-hmm. And it, on Kai Preen, I think it actually is more advantageous for Auburn for him to visit late more than it is early. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to have an opportunity to flip that kid, it's after the season's kind of played itself out some. And we see where Auburn is and we see where LSU is. I, mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's kind of the money play on him. I, I was told, too, on Preen that um, Ike Hilliard has not stopped. And that was from Preen himself. So. It's not like – he didn't feel like anything had changed. He felt like it, he was recruiting in the same way he was before he committed to LSU. So, he's still in the picture, for sure. Yeah, same for Trevon Reed. I know those guys are uh, – Trevon's known Kai since – I think Kai was in the eighth grade. Uh, yeah, yeah. They have a good relationship. Long, long-standing relationship there. I uh, – there was uh, – damn it, who was I about to talk about? Man, I had somebody good. I have to come back to it. Damn it. We will, we will we will move on to the game for now. I'll come back to that. My fault, Jeffrey. I, I cut into you there. <laughs> oh, oh. Ah! Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> hey, listen, Missouri's coming to town next week. I'm going to have some of this in the war room today. There's going to okay. be some studs. Also, Andrew Frard said he could not make it, but he's, he's going to be watching. He's going to be pulling for Auburn, is what he said. I'm going to be watching on TV and pulling for Auburn. I thought that was uh, noteworthy. In Jafar, the Arkansas commitment from? Mm-hmm. Uh, Mableton, Georgia. Yes. Is he from Pebblebrook? Whitefield Academy. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, so, a lot – and listen, uh, Ruben Bain, he will be here for at least two games. And I don't know if y'all saw it, but last week on Twitter during the San Jose State game, Deuce tweeted, yeah. come on, defense. Hold yeah. them right here. War Eagle. He was, yeah. Got to keep an eye on. Uh, I'll have another couple of guys from Missouri, a couple of guys from LSU game. And um, 
we'll look we'll be looking at that a little bit preview in the war room and then we'll we'll obviously be covering that all next week and i'm sorry brett northfleet will be a if he comes to that game and if missouri is not looking any better Mm, guys that's one i'm going to watch for sure because if eli's job starts to become in question okay Mm. watch in the words of brian harson watch all this recruiting chatter won't be for naught, but it won't be as much if Auburn, as we said, don't come out, doesn't come out with a win. Yes. In order to do so, this is all that I know. You can't play like you did last week. No. You can't have interceptions. You can't turn the ball over, and you damn sure can't have more penalty yards than rushing yards. Nope. I'll give you my keys to success, Jeffrey. Keys to success from Mr. J-Head. A, we got to get a clean game from our quarterback. And by clean game, I mean completion percentage is up, no interceptions, no fumbles. Make sure that you're checking into good plays. I don't care if it's for three yards, a pop. Do not turn the ball over. Do not give them, you know, the ball with good field position. Okay. Clean game from the quarterback. Number two, control the line of scrimmage. We got to stop the run and we got to be able to run the football. You do those two things, you're setting yourself up for success. And number three, coverage in the back end has got to improve. We have been chewed up playing soft zone. I think that's going to be a trap. Okay. I think we're setting it up. And and we've played some off man too. I don't want it to make it seem like we've just been sitting back in zone. But it's been a combination of off man and zone to a degree. I'm interested to see do we inject some press man um, to get them off schedule with some of these timing routes that Penn State likes to utilize in their offense, some of those slants and things of that nature, to kind of get the quarterback uncomfortable. Last year he got into a huge rhythm, and we paid for it all game long. Can we affect him? And then can we, you know, from a coverage standpoint, can we get, generate some pressure in the pass rush? If you, we do those three things, I mean, clean game from the quarterback, control the line of scrimmage, increase the coverage or tighten the coverage in the back end, I think Auburn wins in a narrow victory, but a victory all the same. And as I was told by my main man, power man, close on the counts and horseshoes and slow dancing. So, win first, is a win. First takes. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Cole, what about you, big dog? Um. I will Here's, say this, Cole and I, Jay Head, I don't know if you caught the modcast yesterday. I did not catch the modcast yesterday. We all put in our predictions. And okay. Most, Cole, were you with me? Or, uh, I'm sure Keith didn't <laughs> 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 well, what, what, what did you have, Cole? I had Auburn 28-24. Okay. Sure did. And, and I, I said that on a radio show before, so that was one of the big reasons I didn't want to change it. <laughs> Sure. I had to stay with it, even though I'm kind of going back and forth. But, no, I'm going to keep it, you know, Auburn 28-24. Um, here's a stat that I don't like. I'm going to give it to you, okay? Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate looking at this stat. I just I, – I happened upon it here. Um, Auburn has completed passes to four receivers. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Now, I'm not talking about John mm-hmm. Timmel Shanker. I'm not talking about your running backs. I am talking about – there you go. Look at him. <laughs> Look at him. You wearing that to the game? Under, that's going to be my undershirt. 
Okay, all right. Yeah, just yeah, just pull it up whenever something happens with Cannon Brown. I hear you. No, but okay, I'm not talking about Shanker. I'm not talking about you know the running backs. I'm talking about your four receivers that have caught a ball so far: mm-hmm. Tavares Johnson, Cedric Jackson, Tavares Dawson, and Coy Moore. Yep. Four defenders have caught a ball from Auburn quarterbacks as well. That one hurts a little bit, doesn't it? Turnover margin um, has been heavily tilted in the other direction. We definitely need to flip the script on that on that in this game. Either have no turnovers, either which way, or we're we're generating them on the other side. Well, my point in telling you all that is is um, with Justin's big update yesterday mm-hmm. about Zach Calzada. Um. I haven't heard anything. I, I'm not getting intel like he is on that. But I think it's really possible we see Zach Calzada. And uh, I've kind of – I hyped him up a little bit. I will take the blame for that. I hyped him up a little bit in the off season because I saw some good things from him. You know, I have no idea how he practices, so that's something we couldn't account for. Um, but the dude, when he gets in games, he makes big plays. He makes. Oh, that said, he's a gamer. He, he makes some, you know, bonehead plays too, but – can it can his big plays outweigh the bonehead plays? Right now, that's what you're asking about TJ Finley. Can mm-hmm. can they? We don't know that, and, and and it's caused a lot of concern. And I think his leash will be very short if he comes in, he starts, and he's just out of his mind. He's staying. Yeah. If it's not, and I, I think it's got to be almost. Hey, you're throwing touchdown passes left and right. And if it's not that way, if you're if you're stagnant on offense, let's let's change it up here. Let's get a guy in there that we know has done well in a game before, even though he might not be practicing all that well. Because, hey, it's on the line right now. Got to make it happen. J-Head. As far as Calzada is concerned, I do think Finley's – as long as he's not turning the ball over or making really bad incompletions, I think his leash is going to be, you know, a little bit longer. I don't think it's going to be like, all right, Zach's in next series, okay? No, yeah, right. I think if he's, you know what I mean, if he's completing throws that are there, if we're getting a litany of receivers mixed into the game um, and getting them touches, you know, as long as the interceptions aren't there, I think they're going to roll with TJ and Robbie, but you're right. I think if if we start off like we started off against San Jose State, book it, you'll see Zach Calzada in the game. I, I firmly believe that, and, and I do think that he's been getting some, some extra uh, work with – our offensive coordinator, Eric Keesaw, this week, uh, I think they are prepping him up to be prepared, certainly to be injected into that game should things go sideways. I, I'm really looking for Robbie Ashford to be more prominent in this game plan. Okay. I think we're going to see more Ashford than we have all season, which is not much, but I really do feel like, I, I feel like Ashford, and I, I love the option. I, I feel like Auburn is scared of both of those throwing quarterbacks. Yeah. And they're going to put the put the game in the hands of the run game. And you're going to have Robbie Ashford. You're going to have Tank Bigsby, Jarquez Hunter, hell, even maybe Damari Austin. <clears throat> I think Auburn's going to lean on the run game. I think Auburn's going to lean on Ashford. I have seen, man, I know it's only been two games. I've seen, mm-hmm. I've seen T.J. Finley. He, he, he is what I thought he was. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he, he. I just don't know if you can win consistently with that guy as your QB one. I just don't, man. The I sample, know. 
Yeah, it, the sample size is starting to get up there, right? Like mm-hmm. now he, what, had five games as a freshman at LSU, three games last year at, at Auburn, and now another two games at Auburn. And the product has been completely mixed. There's been no consistency there um, as far as that's concerned. So he's teetering at the point of, is TJ ever going to be able to get it done? Yes, he's still a young quarterback, but at some point, you have to have that breakthrough moment. And if that doesn't happen early against Penn State, you're right. And I think it's smart. Look, we all know what a crowd is like, a just excited crowd in Jordan-Hare is like, okay, and how that can take over a game and make it difficult for opposing offenses to function within our stadium. If you have a solid running game and you're shortening the game, shortening the game and limiting turnovers, that's a winning recipe for Auburn right now. Yeah. That is a winning recipe, and I'm with you, Jay Lee. I think you're going to see Robbie Ashford is more or less a third running back in this game. Now, I'm sure they're going to have some throwing options off, and they've been disguising things to a degree. So when they start that quarterback sweep that they've run – I mean, they hit that off left tackle probably, what, at least three or four times in the last game, and one of them popped for about 40 yards. Um, you know, they're going to have something coming off that. You can bank some, some RPO is coming. Mm. Let, me, let me add this real quick before we move on from that. Um, we, you know, we talk a lot about Auburn and, and where they stand with recruiting and, and everything that this game means. I'm looking at it. I'm looking at Brian Harson with this one, and it is not—it's not just Auburn here. It's Brian Harson's reputation is on the line with this game, because if he can't win a game like this, if he—if he continues to prove that hey, I'm at a big school now and I cannot win these games, that is going to hurt his reputation. And he had a good one coming into Auburn, so that is the reason why I think we see Calzada because. If, if you're putting it all on T.J. Finley, and I'm not picking on the guy, he's made some good plays. He brought Auburn back for a victory in the last game of the second half. Without him, it wouldn't have happened. Okay? I agree. Did it in Georgia State game last week, last year. Wouldn't have happened if he was not in the game. He's got that ability. He's cool. He's calm, collected. But can he maneuver an entire game as the, as the starting quarterback? It's in question. We haven't we seen it. So that's why I think because of the reputation, because Brian Harson moving forward, whether he's Auburn's coach or he's somebody else's coach, he's got a reputation on the line. He's got to prove it. And, you know, if he puts another quarterback in there, a guy that has been successful in another place, he can at least say, hey, I tried. I tried. I gave it, I gave it everything I had. I, I used every tool that I had here. Justin said this yesterday on the podcast, and it's absolutely true. The absolute worst-case scenario for Auburn – in football and in recruiting tomorrow afternoon would be for TJ or whomever throw an interception and that crowd to boo. Yeah, the Mm. boo birds start coming out. Mm. If that happens, you're talking 0 for 2 with football and 0 for 2 with recruiting. Nothing could hurt Auburn's recruiting more than all of those stud recruits looking around at these fans booing their players. Mm. Agreed. Mm. Yeah, that is, that's true. I, I was telling somebody this, man. I, I don't – Cole said it earlier. We haven't seen Zach Calzada practice. I don't know how bad he is in practice. 
I'm going off his game reputation, man. I just feel like that's he, he's Auburn's best chance to win with a mm. change of pace with yeah. Robbie. And listen, again, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Sure. Well, well here's the thing. Uh, I, I'm, you know, again, one of the younger guys, but I am an old school mentality kind of guy. And, and I've seen guys that didn't practice well. Look, I've I've uh, played at a small school. I've coached at a small school before where you didn't have many options. Seen guys that didn't practice well, did not want to put them in the game, go in the game, and they kill it. Okay? It just happens that way sometimes. And I don't know how to explain it. As a coach, uh, you know, who's got a mentality like Harson, he's, he's not going to want to put somebody in the game like that. And I yeah. don't blame him. I don't blame him. You should be able to come to practice and handle your business, especially on this level. And I don't know. I, I don't know the whole situation. I mean, it could be that he's doing well at practice. It's just that Finley is that much better at mm-hmm. practice. Uh, but my point is, you know, this this game, this is a landmark here for Brian Harson specifically, and for Auburn. So I just have a feeling, and it's just a gut feeling. It's just like Keith was saying, it's a gut feeling. So I don't have any evidence or anything. Yeah, right. That, that, there you go. Me too. That Calzada will will get his shot. Hey, sometimes you got to roll the dice, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, and would you guys label this a turning point game? Is that what it's one of one oh, of the, Yeah. You know, and it's weird that it, in three games into the season, we're at a turning point, but we are. And there's no way, if you're Brian Harson, like you said, Cole and Jeffrey, that you can look your players in the eye, that you can look the media in the eye, and that you can look you know, your fans in the eye after that game and say, you know what, I didn't give it everything I had. I didn't use every option that was there for me. You know what I mean? I left it on the table. You got to go for broke in this game. You know, and if it's not working with TJ, you got to make that decision very quickly and move on to somebody else. And, and you know what? He may not do that. He may not do that. He may stick to his guns and go with what he feels is the right move at practice. And, um, well, you know. I got a feeling, though, like I said, if he's not turning the ball over, I think that's that's very true that it could play out that way when he rolls with TJ. But like Jeffrey said, let's, let's set the stage here. First quarter, second drive, Finley throws an INT, you know what I mean? Brother, you're going to be hard-pressed to keep him in the game beyond that. Mm. Yeah. And uh, on the flip side, if TJ has a breakthrough and he's out there and he's hitting multiple wide receivers and we're not turning the ball over and we're efficiently moving the ball down the field, whether it's field goals or touchdowns, and we're efficiently moving the ball. Well, that would be a great thing. Right. You know what I mean? We're, you know, he's going to stick with the hand that's got him there. Okay. It, it just – Yeah. It's – it's a very delicate balance, but you know, like it, it, we all know it when we see it. And if we see that, you see that interception, it's like playing in quicksand, man, and it's just going to get worse and worse. So you got to do something to, to, to circumnavigate that. Right. Jay, you have a prediction? Yeah, 24-21 Auburn. Jordan Hare makes the difference. I've got it 23-21 with 10 seconds remaining Auburn. And Penn State's going to either miss a field goal or yeah. connect. Yeah, yeah. And I've got them connecting right now. Well, it is interesting. Penn State. Or, okay. Don't tell anybody. Yeah. No. This is only going live. And yeah, let's, let's keep that between us three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
I don't remember who it was on the modcast yesterday that said, you know, obviously Vegas thinks that Auburn's home field advantage is, is a real uh, threat in this game. Listen. Is it still plus Auburn plus one, 47 uh, and a half? Is that, look, when I wrote the story and everybody was like, what, it says minus three. I, well, it was minus one when I wrote the story. Oh, yeah. I promise. It, it moves every – Ten minutes, you know. Penn State so, minus three over and under forty eight. It says Zach in the back because it was forty seven and a half when we were doing the modcast yesterday. Yep. Um, listen, I just I have this gut feeling, and it's not me being a fan. I've just seen this. I've seen this movie before. Okay, there are teams that come into Auburn that get Auburned. Okay, Jordan Hare is worth seven to ten points in this game. Man. I firmly believe that. Yep. If we don't turn the ball over, control the line of scrimmage, win the turnover battle, and tighten up that coverage in the back end, Auburn can squeak this out. It ain't going to be pretty, and it's not going you know I mean it's probably not going to be what everybody wants to see. But a win is a win, all right. And that still keeps you competitive um, in everything that you're trying to accomplish, whether that's recruiting or this yeah. season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of talking about it, man. No pressure. <laughs> I want to see it. Let's go. 2.30, CBS, as soon as that music starts playing, I'm probably going to throw up the game starts. I might get copyright infringement for my – Hey, this was going on the on the, on the the corner, but do you think it'll be dark enough for the fourth quarter light show? They'll do it either way. Yeah, I was going to say. They'll do it either that. way, but do you think it'll start getting dark by that time? Uh, no. Yeah, it depends on how much we run the football goal. You got to remember though, yeah. you got you got your TV timeouts with CBS, and then you got your reviews. Who knows? I mean, these games, you know, there's always going to be a review that goes away you're not expecting, or something like that that takes 20 minutes to review. A targeting well, two thirty. Let's say absolute most is four thirty. Twenty twenty three Auburn to Zach in the back game winning field goal by Auburn Jordan Hare. <laughs> Sunset. Saturday will be 6.45, and I'm using hunting hours here. You can shoot up to 30 minutes after sunset, so there's still shooting light at 7.15. Yeah, that's going to be too late. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I, they're going to try to do the light show, but I don't think it's going to be dark enough to really make it work. Oh, it'll uh, be. It, 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 I mean, it, people, it, it's going it's to do the trick. The reason I bring that up is because um, yesterday, not yesterday, two days ago at Pebblebrook High School, uh, I've, I've enjoyed my time over there with them, with Tyler Scott and Dwight Phillips, the 2024 running back that's going to be a stud and uh, already is a stud, actually. Coach Leroy Hood over there, great folks, man. We just we chatted for a little while and. Um, you know, they were telling me they'd never been to a game. Uh, they'd never been to a game at Jordan Hare. They'd never been to a big game at all, really. So I was like, well, I, I just had a video <laughs> from the game that I just took. I said, you want to see what it looks like? They were like, yeah. I showed them the light show. They were like, oh, man. That's, they were like, whoa. That's what we're going to, huh? Pretty you cool. know, I was surprised to learn that Langston Hughes boys had never been to a game at Auburn. I, me too. That's why I've been running with that in the headlines. Hey, did you know this? Because I, did, I didn't. Well, Jelani has. He went last week. But Bo Hughley and Joshua Horton. Josh Horton. And um, I don't know. I think Aaron Nolan's been. Maybe not. Maybe Aaron's one of those two. 
Look, now I don't know about all these cats from Langston Hughes. I'm going to be honest with you. But <laughs> <laughs> Joshua Horton is the kind of kid that if he gets into an environment like Auburn versus an environment in North Carolina, it's not even close. This is the kind of thing that he could get him excited, that could get him reinvigorated and thinking. And I, I read Cole's story. He's obviously – Auburn hasn't stopped recruiting him, but there needs to be that momentum shift to kind of recapture his attention and mm-hmm. say, you know what, this is what you're getting at Auburn that you're not getting at North Carolina. Yeah. Mm. A game like this can do that. I will have more on the Langston Hughes guys, by the way. Um, I got an interview with all of them, but I have some intel on all of them too that should come out shortly after we are done re- uh, recording this. Well, so. we, our predictions are in. Our recruit visit list is probably 80 to 90% done. We're going to yep. have updates tomorrow. We're expecting some surprise visitors, and we definitely have been keeping at least one guy quiet because, uh, for him. Sure. At, his, at his request. So we will be updating that. So everybody be locked into the Auburn Live on three. I, Keith is going to be running our recruiting game day blog tomorrow. And we will be cranking out the in, in, info all day long. Anybody, how about you this week? Yeah. Um, I got one for Stephen Queef. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's Stephen Queef. Yes. <laughs> uh, he, had a, he had a really great question um, that I was able to provide an explanation to, but he wanted to know what is the difference in recruiting between pushing for a commitment oh, yeah. and, you know what I mean, the the normal, you know. Yeah. You had a good answer, too. You know, so it, I, I thought that that was really good by him because it that's a word we use quite often. Sure. And I don't, you know, I, I guess for me, you don't always think about, okay, people don't exactly know what you're talking about. So good question by him, and I hope that that was a, uh, a good explanation to, to kind of give you a better understanding of what that sounds Damn like. Damn sure better than I could have done. I thought that your uh, answer was fantastic. Cole? Um, yeah, I'm going to go with three. Okay. I got three. I like uh, Maxwell, W-D-E. Okay. Um, the underscore dude. I think we got a few of the dudes. Uh, this is the underscore dude. Well, you got uh, to with that picture of the dude. Yeah, the yeah the big Lebowski. Yeah. yeah. No, this is the one. He, he, his picture's of a, a fish, I think. <laughs> uh, I'm going with those two. And then I'm going to go with uh, Jeffrey, correct me if I'm wrong. What was his name? At the game, we met him together. Oh, Music Man. Music Man. I was going to say Musical Mo, but no, Music Man. Music Man is because I got to meet him. Uh, super nice guy. He said, "Hey, y'all go get them today, baby." <laughs> and he got me fired up before it got started, so I loved it. Loved it. So that's my guy. I got uh, Rob's Chubb. No, oh, yes. Um, speaking of guys, we oh, met. Yeah. I had Ranger three sixty one that I met right after Tiger Wall. Ranger three sixty one. Big hat about you to him. Big hat about you to Contos thirty two. Big hat about you to Barner one zero nine. Auburn accountant fifty five had good questions on our call in show. As did Diego Delgado. Big hat about you to those fellows. Blitzburg two zero five. How about you, Georgia Tiger two? G A Tiger two. I should say. I'm not shouldn't presume that that's Georgia. He's going to be a graduate assistant. G A Tiger two. Jones R J. And a big how about you to Alan Alandy Brown for my shirt. There you go. 
Big how about it? I, I got a couple of dingleberries too. Zuni, we love Zuni. Oh man, we love Zuni. Not Zuni. And he accepted his dingleberry week. He um, <laughs> I had put in a prediction for Jamari and Harkless. I I, I got Harkless to Auburn, and Zuni mm-hmm. says, "See a take." And he he he, he, he understood. Uh, I bait, think why I, he said that after like when we get off air. We'll, okay, we'll, okay, okay. So uh, and then second dingleberry of the week, which was eh, it was borderline, but I, I threw a dingleberry at him. Bay Tiger, he wanted to. Uh, he was he was convinced Auburn should move to the Sun Belt. <laughs> Very dingleberry-ish. <laughs> Bay Tiger, still good. Two good posters, man. They just uh, had a dingleberry moment, and I, I I think I lead all. Maybe me and uh, Kimasabi mm. for most dingleberries. No, I what, put me in there for Dingleberry because of my prediction two weeks ago that Alabama should be the number one team in the country. No, but not yeah. Texas. I think, <laughs> I, think uh, I might have uh, I might have combated you with that there, Jayhead, because I, uh, I said Georgia. <laughs> I think uh, different. Oh, it, 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 yeah. Zach in the back said Zach in the back was uh, Georgia. No, 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 Zach in the back. You was at Alabama, weren't you? Yeah, it was me and Zach, man. I tend to remember you and Zach saying something about Stetson Bennett not comparing to Bryce, and maybe that's true. Oh, he still doesn't, but the team at Georgia's better. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm, my hot take for the day is that Stetson Bennett is a baller. Cole's got him winning the Heisman. I'm not saying that he's not a good player. I, I'm I have him in the top five, that's for sure. If you're comparing one quarterback to the other. Oh, no, no, I, I agree, because Bryce Young did it. He, he did in that game. Number one pick in the NFL draft, Stetson yeah. Bennett's going to be managing my trust fund. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got you on record twice now, Jay. Yeah. No, it was my hedge fund earlier. Now it's my trust fund. He's going to be, he's going to be working okay, okay. with AU account at 55, isn't he? There you go. <laughs> working four, I should say. All right, folks. That's it. That's all we got this week. It's time to put total the leather. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Auburn and Penn State kick off 2.30 Central Time on Saturday. It is CBS? Yes, it's the CBS game. Okay. All right. Penn State is a three-point favorite. The over-under is 48. It's going to be a doozy. We're going to have recruiting. We're going to have football. We're going to have all the news from the game, from prior to the game to post-game. We will be there on site, Auburn Live on 3. If you're not a member, get signed up. Free week. You sign up now, you get all the Penn State coverage for free. And it's all on us. One more time for Miss Jessica Andrews from EXP Realty. If you need a home, looking for a home, need to sell your home in the Auburn Opelika area, she is fantastic. I have seen her work, man. She interrupts our dates to get phone calls from her clients. Jessica Andrews. With EXP Realty, 334-704-4442. Residential investment property, she can do it all. 334-704-4442. Appreciate everybody listening, man. Y'all be safe tomorrow. Enjoy the game. And please, for the love of all that's good and holy, stay out of that left lane. For Jay here, for Cole, for Zach in the back, I'm Jeffrey Lee.